It's time for the Team Bear Sports Podcast. Welcome back to the Team Bear Sports Podcast. Um, and so we took a took a week off last week, just busy schedules and whatnot. And it was probably a good thing because we probably would have gotten ourselves a little bit maybe overly hyped with the Bears win in week two. And now we just get to come back to reality when we record this podcast and discuss the travesty that was the Bears loss to the Cleveland Browns. So uh, any initial thoughts on the game you know, I waking up, I, I felt good about the game, actually, because like I kind of was like, do you know what? The Bears could stop Chubb and they did. Are you and, saying you're saying before the game started? Yeah, before the, the game. Okay. Before the game. Before At first, I game. thought you woke up saying that the game, that was a good game. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'd, I'd, I'd rather be trapped in a, a dumpster fire. Um, You know, I, I liked some of the matchups on defense against them. You know, Cleveland's defense at the time was not playing too well, but you know, shit happened. And a lot of it happened. Terrible, awful game. Uh, it's fun getting clowned on by the media all week. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So where, where do you want to start? Do you have any, what, what was the glaring? I mean, I think we all know what the glaring was glaring. Uh, weakness was in that game, but it was it the O line, was it the coaching, was it play oh, calls? It's, it's coaching, it's coaching and upper management. I just don't understand how you had Justin Fields drafted on day one of the draft, and that's your game plan for him. So, and I know in the Chicago media, and I'm sure everywhere else, I haven't really looked too much other than just hearing what's going on in the radio, but do you think that the rumors of, or the uh, accusations of Nagy setting up fields for failure are valid, or do you think that Nagy is just that incompetent of a coach? I just don't get it. That, like, that would be drastic. That would be absolutely drastic if a coach were to do that. But I guess like the what would be the point in doing so, though? Yeah, because you're, you're getting people at risk at getting hurt. Well, not even that. Just like he looks more like an idiot. So is it to like and I you mean, throw out a game when you think this could be a year you could compete for another wild card? Like, like are you saying dumb. that, he, you know, he was still hoping for like 150, 200 yard game from fields, but like some picks and stuff like that? I just don't. When you get 47 yards of off total offense, like I, I don't think that he did this on purpose, Nagy. I just think that this just goes back to what we've seen the last three years from the man that he just does not know how to adapt and how to run a an offense. Or, you know, he he has proven that he can be a leader of men because supposedly the uh, the club, club all stays together. Yeah. They still yeah they still play hard for him or whatnot. But I mean. I'm sure you guys can break it down better than me, but there's so many instances as me just being this fan watching TV. It's like, what are you doing? How come there are no screen passes being run when you get no time 
from our O-line because you got um, Garrett running in there. Like, how, how can we just keep seeing the same thing with Nagy and the offense time after time, year after year? I, don't, do I just don't you, get it. You have 21 passes. Okay, whatever. You have 21 passes. How do you, on 21 of those passes, 13 of them only have five men blocking? With seven right? tight ends on the team. <laughs> yeah, but not even to have, and then they only added like out of those 21 times, 16 or 17 of those were chip blocks and the chip block doesn't do that much in today's NFL against a really good pass rusher. If, especially if your running back or your tight end aren't the best blockers, which our tight ends aren't, you know, like I was arguing with my dad about it. He goes, well, there's stuff, you know, fields screwed up on. And yes, there's probably stuff that fields did screw up on hundred percent. We're not, not saying that, but if you have five men blocking and they can't even block a four man rush, let alone them blocking two other guys, you know, like he doesn't even have time to make a mistake because he's going to be on his back. And then it's you so bad. You don't even allow him to roll out until the mid second quarter. It's so bad, it's to the point where we're having to question whether or not it was intentional. That's how bad it was. If it if there was ever a leak of, like, this was intentional, or, like, a game plan that, like, let's say an intern, like, had, like, a written document or an email memo and they leaked it, it would be the biggest Chicago sports scandal ever. And I'd almost, if I were Nagy, I'd almost leak that because... <laughs> How do you get 47 yards in 2021? <laughs> yeah. Middle school teams get more yards. What was it? It's was almost the... to the point where you could coach better. Like I would just run a screen 20 times in a row on the same side. And, and... Do you know what? Like it was the perfect game to actually run a screen because that's how you stop a good pass rush. Let them come in and just dump it over their head. How many times did we see Kareem Hunt do that to us? on Sunday five, six times easy. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing that like, just look across the field and see what that, what uh, Kevin Stefanski ran when you he, have, ad- he adapted because Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn. And like, I hate to, I know that they gave up 26 points, but like when they you're on gassed. the field, when you're on the field that much, I don't blame them. When we have our defense, who's stepped up and the playmakers were making plays. You know, we had our Eddie Jackson complete whiff of tackle per game, but I'm just expecting that every game now. But, you know, our defense has stepped up against uh, maybe they're, they were a little weak in the uh, receivers with Landry being hurt and Odell just coming back, but they still, you know, held Hunt and Chubb on the ground for a while, at least as long as they could. And then you get I mean, the offense out there who is three and out, three and out, three and out, you know, punt, field goal. It's just you can't believe you're wait you're wasting the defense out there. I don't know. I mean, and we've said this a million times: is the defense is not a spring chicken anymore. Like they're they got some gray on them. They're older, and you know this idea like oh, you've wasted this defense for the past four and a half years waiting for a quarterback. And you know maybe Fields isn't you know, week one starter material ready because, you know, maybe there are some stuff that we just don't know that he's struggling with. You know, we're not in those conference rooms, but not to adjust in your game or not to adjust your offensive strategy or put different protection packages out there. Just show like you, you didn't care. And when you don't care, people get hurt. 
I don't know. Some of those are de- designed. There's, you know, five, seven step, a step, not five to seven step dropbacks designed for a rookie quarterback. Look at how many times Justin Herbert, who had an awesome rookie year last year, look how many times he was expected to do a five step dropback. Not many times. Uh, rollouts, uh, a lot of different things that is made to make him more comfortable. Absolutely. Utilizing Austin Eckler, who did a lot of what? A lot of screens, a lot of, you know, short routes out of the backfield that you can just get the ball out of your hands, especially when you have an O-line that is shaky to begin with and you have a great pass rush. And are we just kind of going back to what Jackson said many times on this podcast, overvaluating our talent? It doesn't seem like Robinson, Mooney, uh, God darn it, who's our third guy? Um, Marquis Goodwin. They're They're not getting open either. Yeah, there's. I mean, I know on the the view from just watching it on the TV, you can't really see receivers getting separation. But like you'd think, if they were Cole, they were Cole getting Komet's, separation, Cole Komet's got an issue with that. He has not looked good getting off separation. That that was his knock last year, and I'm afraid that's going to continue this year. And and that's fine. Then let him be the chip guy, and then go out for a pass. But we're not even going to do that. So no. Because you can you you've seen from Komet that he's not he doesn't shy away from contact. So like you said, it, Tim, if you can't be that, then then he got to adjust his role. Be, use that physical uh, attribute that he has to pick up one of those blockers rather than just having our five linemen who we already thought of as being shaky to begin with try and protect our rookie quarterback. How does Jimmy Graham only get three snaps in? Right, and, not, and I'm saying Jimmy Graham's the best tight end in the league. I, you know, he's talking about an old man himself. But you kept him for a reason, supposedly. But you kept him for a reason. He is been a solid, you know, guy who gets your first down, tough catch type of guy. And you're going to play him in three passing situations, or three plays total? Jesse James. You get a guy, Jesse James. Big, tall, athletic, tight end you know, kind of like a Jimmy Graham 2.0 plays six plays, you know, in today's NFL and NFL teams are constantly using their tight ends because the positions evolved just so much. What the fuck? So in the, in the Nagy's press conference, I want to get I both. I heard it was a disaster. Yeah. I'm just a couple things or one thing in particular. I want to get your, uh, both of your, uh, opinions on, I'll ask this to Tim first. The, uh, question of would you give up play calling again to bill laser um, was brought up and Nagy said no everything's on the table what do you make of that question and of how Nagy answered it why was he even given the opportunity to get the plays back i mean remember what was that right before the vikings game last season where it was like friday and he said that he was going to not call plays Kind of in that naggy way of like, oh, well, he only has two days to prepare, so let's see what he can do. And he and that offense looked a lot better under Mitch after the second, third, fourth week that Laser had, you know, the reins because he was putting Mitch in situations where he liked to be in. Like, I don't get it. Stop putting the square peg into the round hole. Like, your shit's not working and you have too much hubris. There's how did we as an organization like think that this was going to get anywhere any better by him taking back plays? Who's done that? How many play? How many dudes has that happened to where they give up play calling 
and then just take it back again with no other excuse. Like the only way I should, the only way he should have gotten play calling back is if like Bill Lazor started this year and was worse, then Nagy could take it back. Yeah, like, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's I agree. Well, and, because and, the so offense. Yeah, go ahead, Jack. The offense and the offensive line, particularly, was able to find some continuity with each other, right? They played to Mitch's strength last year, you know, allowing him to roll out, allowing him to go pick up those six, seven yards to get a first down. Like, you knew that Mitch was not going to be your stereotypical Tom Brady, Peyton Manning quarterback, you know, and they just put a, such a heart. It, it makes you think was you know, Mitch wasn't the issues, you know, he didn't learn it. Yeah. You think that, that a uh, preseason game for the bills was just like, Oh, it's just a preseason game. But you're like, Oh, the bills actually have a coaching staff. They're that rolling him out. To... <laughs> they're letting him roll to the right. I mean, heck they, they, they look, they know no one's stupid. Oh, Mitch can't roll to the left and he can't stay in the pocket. So let's do things that are going to make it easy for him. And that let's seem... build an offense around him. Yeah, and you, I mean, obviously the Bills have plenty of talent with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and um, Emmanuel Sanders now and all them. But like, I mean, you never you have the coaching staff that knows what they're any doing. Any business or any business or professional, you don't put your employees in a situation where they're going to like fail. I think the biggest thing that, I mean, I, it's come to light last season, the season before. It's just that. Something about Matt Nagy's ego, where he just needs to—he's so stubborn. Run his way, like his style of football, his system, whatever it is. When you know things don't work, you have to adjust. That's what makes great coach, uh, good coaches, great coaches, if they can do that. Where I think that um, the Bears making the playoffs last season, and um, you know, getting Justin Fields in the off season. Or even before we got Fields and we had Dalton, I think that was like a reset button in Nagy's mind, saying, "Oh, we have Dalton now, or we have Fields, so now I can get my offense back and I can run the plays." So it's clearly an ego thing or stubbornness thing or something, but it's not working. It hasn't worked. It will never work if he doesn't make changes. Leave him in Cleveland. Let him walk home. I have never seen a coach so stubborn before, and I say this as a like a Penn state fan who's watched James Franklin be so stubborn. Nagy is the most stubborn human being I've ever seen coaching. Like I'm looking to adapt to Basset hound in the spring and Basset hounds are known for being stubborn. Matt Nagy is going to be more stubborn than that dog. Like he refuses. You're adapting the dog or you're adopting. I'm going to adopt the dog and I hope he adapts better than being (laughs) Matt Nagy does. (laughs) Cause that man he will refuse to change. And I don't know. It, it has to be like an internal ego with him because it, it, how many games have we seen where the offense is just stuck in the mud? How many I've lost count. Even the year in 2018, where they got in the playoffs, there were games <clears throat> where the offense looked like crap. There's right? only been one game that I could remember where it was like unbelievable. And that was the Tampa Bay game. With and that Mitch. was a bad Tampa game. I think no, that was a bad um, Tampa that was, I'm not, Yeah, that I'm was not, James Tampa. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I thought you were going to talk about last year. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not talking about last year. I'm talking about 2018. Right. Yeah, that was Fitzpatrick Tampa. Well, yeah, and they I, were bad. And I, I forgot who it was. I think it was Dave Wanstead was on the radio today. And he was saying like, 
I can't remember what's what year it was, but when the uh, Bears beat the Cowboys and they were actually utilizing Mitch's strengths like rollouts, you know, quick reads, things like that. They won and they won, you know, by a decent margin. Yeah. Um, that Thursday night game two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And how why is aren't we looking at that play script or that play design or that system and saying, hey, this, you know, we got it. We could we should have used it for Mitch. Let's do something like this for fields and go from there. Why do we have to keep, you know, I, I, and I get the offensive line is an issue. We've, we've said that, but you, but, the, but the you've sport. already said it. They, then why have the, the why didn't you roll plays? Out? Yeah. Why didn't you have, why'd you have all these plays where you just said, Hey, we're just going to have five man protection. You, you guys luck. have been, you guys have been getting beat one, one-on-one all game. Um, somehow figure it out. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean, there was that play Jason Peters got beat on his inside and his outside shoulder. And, you know, I think we're very lucky that Fields didn't take a hard body blow in that game. You know, it, it, it the game reminded me of the 2010 Sunday night game uh, the the Bears against the Giants. How he that, did not fumble the ball and give it away, I don't that's know. Just, that's just God-given strength. And, um, you know, but you're saying that he didn't get hurt. I, everyone's talking about all, oh, hold on. No, I'm not talking about that. Uh, I, everyone's talking about all these post game press conferences with Nagy and this and that. Watch that post game conference of Justin Fields and tell me that you don't feel bad. Well, and, he's and, never and, he's never been in this situation before. Okay. As soon as I saw him say all that and say and say what he said after that post conference, I immediately just. Knew it right off the bat. I'm like, we're going to ruin him, too. I would not be surprised. Because think about it. Justin Fields came from a very good high school program in Georgia. He came from a very good program in Ohio State where they were constantly in the college football playoff from the Big Ten. It's like, you know, you know, he's thinking he's going to be the next, you know, silver, you know, the next knight that's going to take this to the promised land. And Jesus Christ, you're internally, they're fucking you. Like the people who are supposed to be helping you and helping you learn and grow are just like constantly holding you back. Like, what are you supposed to do? And then obviously nothing. And there's things have... that Fields probably needs to do a better job of. Like in the Cleveland, in the Cincinnati game, you know, his biggest MO out of college was that he holds the ball on to a little bit too much or maybe you know, he doesn't read the entire blitz packages yet, but those are like rookie things that they're going to make and good coaches should be able to develop that quickly. But why not put him in plays where he shows where, those we- he where, we- where he shows those weaknesses less of the time and give him the ones that are just going to be easier to him. That's that I think that's the million dollar question. Develop that confidence. Why the hell are we running the ball right off the bat, you know, first down, then the the passing plays. I, first of all, I thought he passed the ball like what, twice in the first quarter, like four times in the first half, but we're making him pass on third and nine, we're making him pass on third and twelve. No oh, rookie, no rookie, yeah, no rookie quarterback, no rookie quarterback is going to be anywhere successful in those kind of positions. 
get a little bit of rhythm. There's no way that I would be coming into the NFL. I need to get a little bit. I need to start feeling myself. Let him start feeling himself, man. Like, look at those preseason games even where he started off a little bit shaky and then started feeling himself and boom, then he goes and then he gets the, then he gets the legs rolling and everything. Like, you didn't even let him get anything under his feet or going. I just don't. I don't get it. Yeah, and then you got Nick Foles mimicking on the sideline saying Do you think he actually said work. it? I think it was something. He said something he about said the something, offense. He said something about that last year, didn't he? Say where basically he, it was something along the lines of once the play's called, I already know if it's going to be successful or not. <laughs> yeah, I... Well, we find out who the starter is going to be tomorrow. That's well, that's and we're and we're why are we trying out free agent quarterbacks at Hallis today? Did they really? I did not see yes. that. Yes. Yes. Oh, jeez. That tells me that someone's more hurt than they're saying. Yeah. You get, you get sacked that many times. I don't. I'm talking about 14. That. I think 14's more hurt than they're letting on. But and I don't I mean, want to go back. Like, I don't, as much as it, ba- as bad as it was, like, I want. You have to grow no, this kid. You can't have him go out there and have this and then sit him. Like. Oh, just going to ruin his confidence. Yeah, you're going to destroy him. Like, I can't have it. I don't want and, it. You know, like, Dalton, I don't think Dalton played all that bad as a starter. Like, obviously, week one, there were some bad handcuffing on him too but like we saw in the Bengals game like he completed a lot of crucial third down plays it is not his fault that he is that he's out but now that he's out you don't get to come back in you know yeah it's it's Wally Pip right you can lose your job the idea that you can't lose your job to injury is bullshit I, I hate that oh, argument. You absolutely, you absolutely can if someone's performing better than you. <laughs> right. It, it's the, the MO was always going to be when number one finally starts, it's over. And it, unfortunately for Dalton, it, it wasn't his choice. I don't want him starting again. Even if he gives us a better chance to win, what, like, he's not you, the future. When you see that performance last week, we cannot have that again. We need to get this kid a, a scoring touchdown somehow, some way. I don't. I don't trust that Nagy's going to do it, but we need to know right off the bat if, I mean, we all know, Bears fans know that he needs to be fired, but the McCaskies need to know. They need to know what he's doing to this guy. We need to know if he's the future or not. And it's just, that's the way it is. And we need to do whatever the hell we can to get the Giants and not a top 10 pick. Yeah, Yeah, that's a a big part. And the thing is, like, I know that Matt Nagy, deservedly so, needs all this criticism and if it were up to me he would be not coaching against the lions this week just because it's not like he's a second year coach you've seen him for a long time fourth year fourth year four years but i mean we like when can we if if he goes pace has to go too because it's not yes it is on naggy a lot but, but pace built the infrastructure for this Absolutely. Like if you're thinking like if you're thinking about the offensive line and people saying, well, the offensive line p- played bad, like it's not 100 percent on Aggie. Well, if we're up against the cap the way we are and that's the offensive line we're putting out and this the young guy who we traded up to get Tevin Jenkins is hurt when no one knew that he was hurt and you supposedly did know he was hurt. Why do you a, have 13 million dollars invested 
in your offensive line in an NFL in 2021? $13 million. I mean, what is that? Got to be one of the lowest percentages. I, I'd be interested. I mean, you so look at- what do you want? Like if I put the least amount of money into a unit, aren't you expecting that that unit is going to underperform? I mean, what do you, how, how what many do you times think? in the past four or five years have we seen? And let's be honest, the Bears' offensive line has always been average at best. Even in 2018, they were average at best. Um, I mean, Leno had a good year, but like Daniels and Whitehair were switching off positions. Long was not himself. You know, they were an average offensive line, but like, I I get tired of them signing. BS wide receivers who are gimmicky wide receivers like the Taylor Gabriels or um, Marquise Goodman's or whatever. Cordell Patterson. Cordell Patterson, even though Patterson wasn't bad for the Bears in other aspects. But why can't we just get a big free agent, young, you know, like offensive tackle or or guard and just invest in the offensive line? Like free agent wise, it's because you can see what. They can they can see what we can see with the coaching staff and this this team this uh, the higher Steelers Gabriel really going to win you a Super Bowl no but a good left and right tackle will you know ask Tom Brady ask Peyton Manning how much they love their offensive line well absolutely and and just like just to kind of keep going on your uh, asking why free agents won't we can't sign a free agent it goes back to what we said in one of our very first podcasts the McCaskies are still going off that, like, we are the pair, we have this tradition to come play for us based off of, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago results and traditions and trophies. But that doesn't play in today's NFL, especially at the, especially at a wide receiver position. They don't want to come here in the cold weather. They want to go and be in... Uh, hey, Musa uh, Muhammad said it best. This is the place where wide receivers go to die. Exactly. Exactly. We'll get the we'll get the star receivers, but it'll be on their last last contract when they're and and that's the frustrating thing about Robinson. Robinson isn't Robinson's probably our best wide receiver free agent we've had. I mean, you can make the argument with Brandon Marshall, but you know he's he's a young guy. He's what twenty seven, twenty eight, and now you know you're kind of fucking him out of a contract now. Yeah, you think he wants to stay? No. <laughs> Fuck no. But now his value is going to drop. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Nagy's talking tomorrow. He wasn't supposed to talk to tomorrow. So he's going to yeah, talk. They're not supposed to talk on Wednesdays. That's coordinator day. And he's going to talk tomorrow. And I swear to God, if he comes out and says, like, Foles is starting or some shit, I swear to fucking God. We might, so we, we might have to do an emergency podcast. Well, Tim, you did something for the first time in who I'd, knows how long. I so I did a couple things. Uh, you know, I I've I've probably watched every Bears game in just about a decade, all of it that I can watch. Obviously, if I had work or something like that, this is one of the first Bear games that I turned off. Turned it off. Fourth quarter, ten minutes left. We go on a drive and. Holy moly, Fields gets absolutely clocked for his ninth sack of the day. And I was just like, I can't, I, I literally cannot watch this anymore. I can't watch this kid just die. I can't do it. And I had, because I'm like, and I, I also was like, ah, well, we'll probably score. If I turn this up, we'll probably score off of some like, you know, bullshit time, 
uh, defense that the Browns are going to do. To my, you know, to my not so much of a surprise, still six points on the board. But <laughs> you know what? Uh, thank God, I had to go get Dairy Queen. That's my. Dude, I love Dairy Queen. That's, yeah, I don't that's, blame you. That's my nice little. I, I could. It ruined my day so much that I couldn't watch. And I've watched all of football week one, week two. I didn't watch a single minute of any other football. Couldn't do it. Yeah, I watched. A, I went to a buddy's house to watch some red zone for the three or for the four, three, four o'clock games, and just there you was know, great in a games. different mood then. I was so excited for that Tampa Bay Rams game. Couldn't. And that was just, yeah, that was that was. Couldn't crazy. watch a minute of it. My wife comes in. Wow, did you see what Aaron Rodgers did on Sunday Night Football? I'm like, eh. she's like, what are you even doing? I was not. There was no TV on in my room. Nothing. I was just sitting on my bed, staring blankly. I mean, besides the offense just being stuck in second gear, like the special teams looked bad again too, like. They couldn't, gave even, up. couldn't even tell. Oh my! We were, we were getting some booming punts, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then we give up like twenty-yard returns. So we're back. We're back in the day of uh, just all aspects of the Bears are terrible, but Brad Maynard slash Pat O'Donnell is giving us. Uh, yeah, and do you know what? Pat O'Donnell has looked good this year. I mean, granted, he's had a lot of live reps, so that's going to help you. But uh, he's he look he's looked a lot better than he has in the past five or six years, I would say. I and just, you know, I, I, uh, you know what's oh. sad? And Robert Quinn, finally yeah. earning your money. Yeah, there you go. at a very inopportune time for him at a meaningless game. Um, well, and, I will say this. They were one score away. Let me ask you this question, because I... Oh, this sweet. One of my dogs is juggling while the other dog just puked all over the <laughs> living room. Sweet. So Can't wait to puke. watch it. Cool juggling, yeah, though. Yeah, can't wait to watch it. What, what did you think about the fourth down decision? To kick it, or do you think they should have gone for it? What are we even talking about? In At the Bears game against Cleveland, there was like a fourth and three. We couldn't get a yard. Why the hell would you go for it? <laughs> uh, that's what I agree. I agreed you had to kick it. You make it a one-score game, and you hope for a short field by your defense. Your defense was already burned out. Your defense was already burned out. Well, here, Jackson, I, you don't you don't have to wonder, like, what would have happened? Because I'll tell you what would have happened. Yeah. On fourth and three, Matt Nagy would have called some crazy play where. And you Fields lose two yards. Dropped, yep. He would have dropped back seven, seven steps. And then that would have been they the 10th sack of the day. They would have done a bubble screen with no actual bubble where they just throw it to the wide receiver. And the cornerback just comes up and makes the tackle. Everyone mentions like how, you know, oh, well, the Bears have never fired a coach. And like, I get that. But there's a first time for everything. So I 100 percent agree with that. And that was what, my second question. What what does he have to do to get fired in the middle of the season? Have another game like he just did against the Lions? If they lose, I think if they lose to Detroit by two plus touchdowns, he's gone. So are we rooting for that a little bit? Kind of. Not really. I mean, kind of. I, yeah, I'm with Tim. I don't want to lose to Detroit because I'm going to watch the game with a Lions fan on Sunday. Do you do you promise me, Jackson, that if they mm. like get their ass kicked by Detroit and their offense looks terrible, he's out? Fire him. Fire like, him. No, I'm asking, do you promise me that that's going to happen? It, I mean, I'm not. Can you hold McCaffrey. me? Can you hold me in your arms and promise me that that could finally happen? 
Because, oh, my God. I mean, he can't be the coach at the end of this year. He can't, right? Like, there's no way you come back. I mean, unless they win, like, unless they win, like, seven or eight in a row and put themselves in a playoff situation and they go 10 and seven and make the six wild card. Just, but, like, do you even want this? Like, if it's just this. Like, here's the thing. If he makes a wild card team, Nagy has leverage to say, I made the playoffs three out of four times as a coach. That's something even Lovey Smith wasn't able to do. One of them was a, a fake playoff spot, at, but I so, I agree. But he's going to say that in his contract negotiation, as I would too. Well, it's not even like I. This isn't even like an anal- analytics argument, like or like his performance. Like, just if you're watching a football game with your eyeballs, you can see that he doesn't belong. No, as a head God. coach, but clearly like, we don't have. It's incompetent all the way top to bottom. So I don't expect anything to change. I mean, now that we know more of the NFL, I know we did our game previews, but that's before and, you know, when we were, like, kind of riding Yeah, we're 2-1. Oh, we're two absolutely. I, I, I get that. But, I mean, if I'm looking just to just to bye week, because we, we could do this the whole, you know, year, right? We probably, after this Lions game, with and, and barring some miracle— we were high that the Bears were going to beat those the Raiders. Like I don't, I don't think that happens at all anymore. The Raiders are playing non, are, are playing great football. We have them losing the next two games after that. Then 49ers at Bears. 49ers look good too. I don't know about that. Bears at Steelers, maybe. I mean, Ben is not Ben. Yeah, That's maybe Ben. ben can't so I, it, I'm what I'm guessing. Najee Harris has looked pretty good. What I'm trying to say to you now is. Holy moly, this could be we don't win next week. We could be Yeah, one 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 two wins going into week ten by week. Yeah. Yeah. And you, know, you don't have the draft going, pick. And just like kind of coming up with like a silly hypothetical of like what would what would Nagy have to do in order to get fired? I bet he could like in the middle of a game, like unzip his bears like jacket or sweatshirt. And reveal he's wearing Packers gear and saying, like, ah, I was an insider for the Packers. And he still wouldn't get fired. Like, WWE style, yeah. like, I turned on you. It was me, something Austin. Paint, it was me something, all. Yeah, something was, painted on his, like, chest, like, you all suck or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a feeling that Jason Garrett's doing in the on the Giants. Jerry Jones is still paying. I keep, I keep hearing about the offensive coordinator for Carolina, even though he's, like, our age. He's, like, 31. I don't want any offensive coach ever. Ever. Would, would you rather go to meat and potatoes defense? I don't want. I just. I, 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 co- I don't want. I don't want any coach calling any place. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I don't want to f- hire an offensive coordinator for millions of dollars who does nothing. They're, they're more an advisor. They're more an advisor at this point. That's what they are. Call the damn offensive plays up in the booth. But would you, you be okay? See- would you be okay? hiring an offensive coordinator as your head coach as no. long as they're not calling the head the plays. No. We're going to be a terrible offense for the rest of our lives. So why even give anyone the excuse to dunk on us for being hiring these offensive gurus? We tried it with Tressman. We tried Trent it with Nagy. It's, it's done. It's over. How we many should- gurus, how many offensive gurus have we gone through in our life? Martz was supposed to be a guru. That didn't work out. Trustman. Grant, Trustman. Now, Grant Martz wasn't the head coach. Don't but. want any of them. Don't want any of them. Like, 
I just want the head coach. We need like our team is going to need like a Dan Campbell like coach next year. Like is going to need somebody. Yeah, but I think Campbell is also a clown too. No, 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 no. I, and I, I'm not. That's a. I mean, we're, I, what I'm trying to say is we're going to need another John Fox, like Dan Campbell stopgap. Where bridge you need, coach him. You need a guy that just like is going to make it so like dudes don't quit. So you need the Ricky Renteria. <laughs> because I mean, it Shit, stinks. Hire Ricky. It stinks. I mean, what what value do we have? I mean, that's the thing. We if anyone in their right mind is going to say we have to sit fields. The only way we get a good coach next year is if fields plays and shows promise. I think the biggest thing is like, give me someone who is like a good coach. Like I, I, I don't want to be a homer or make it sound like I'm a homer, but like as much as people bagged on La Russa, like he obviously has got his team performing. People he won criticize division. him. They won the division like he did what he was supposed to. And, like, the team respects him, even though he's not this, like, analytically driven guy, blah, 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 like what everyone looks for in a MLB manager now. But, oh, my God, the center fielder just dropped another ball for the Reds. He has, like, three errors today. Anyway, like, just give me someone who is respected and can lead a team. Like, just it, just think about how we could have had Fangio as a head coach and look what he's doing in Denver with lesser talent at a quarterback. And look what we have with Nagy, who's supposed to be this offensive guru, and we can't get more than 50 yards. I mean, in the game. but it's like they, like we've said a million times, I, it's like they over evaluate their own talent. And it, it, it's not just with the players, but it's also with the, st- like the coaching staffs, right? The Patriots don't do anything that special, right? They, they look at, they develop their players extremely well. Their players buy into the system. They draft well in the late rounds and put players in positions where they think they're going to succeed. It's that simple. Yeah, I mean, they make sk- smart free agent moves. And that, granted, their Patriots you can't aren't just say it's that it's that simple after <laughs> after like a list of seventeen things. And why hasn't anyone just repeated that then, Jackson? I mean, Green Bay has kind of done it too. Green well, Bay you also got to you also have to develop Bill Belichick. Come on. Well, they both also developed generational talent for, with their coaching staff and the Bears. Yeah, and we're lucky that the Packers decided to sit Aaron Rodgers for those three years. But um, I mean, they probably shouldn't have Aaron Rodgers. Let's not probably get should. into this Patriots and Rodgers debate here when we're talking about the fucking Bears. I'm sorry, but those are okay. Steelers. Steelers <laughs> not- have done the exact same thing. You're, I think you missed your you, point, Tim. I think you missed my point entirely. We're but I'm just saying, why, why are, why are the same, why are the same organizations always in the playoffs or in, you know, making deep playoff runs? And we're relevant every eight years. Well, I'm trying to get to that and saying what we need to change. But because but, they they draft efficiently, they spend their money smartly, and they develop players. So, you. Dude, you're telling it's like telling a kid to listen to the teacher. Like, of course, like that's an easy thing to say. Well, Draft Ma- well, Ma- Nagy spend your money to well. put his head in the under the desk and not listen. Got it. And Ryan Pace might do the same thing. Fire his ass. It's over. Do you it's think? Done. Okay, let, you, let me ask you this: Do you think Nagy gets fired if they lose to the Lions? I I think they do not fire him. I don't think they do, but I sure hope so. But I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think I don't really understand. 
because I feel like I'd rather fire a guy when they're you're away. You know, what I mean, rather than being at home. I mean, I think it really matters. I think it matters because how the hell do you have 47 yards in 2021 with your rookie quarterback's first time out? I mean, if they have that same offensive performance on Sunday at Soldier Field, that place is going to be calling for Nagy's head. Well, you know what? I I don't think that there's many coaches that could do what Nagy's done and had the string of offense, terrible offensive performances that he did last year. Then say, I'm going to give up play calling, take play calling back. Then week three, do this, do one of the top 10 worst performances since the Super Bowl era and not get fired. I don't understand it. Don't understand that. He's, He's also been given five quarterbacks. In four years to work with all these tight ends and all these different receivers. I'm saying, like, I don't think it will happen. But the Bears lose by two scores. And he got rid of got rid of our got rid of our bell cow running back, so he can get his own running back, who's awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it just, you know, I mean, you you don't get any more. What do you need? Like, there's nothing else that is needed here. Here's what I here's what I told Kevin on on Sunday night. Remember last year where the Broncos had like COVID problems with their quarterbacks and had to start an emergency quarterback, a guy, wide receiver who like played quarterback once in like college when he was a freshman, dude, they got, they got more. They had, oh, they had like 120 yards yeah. passing. Yeah. Justin Tucker made a 66 yard field goal. That's yeah. still 20 plus that's 19 more yards than we got. If you like put it in like, at like real life distance of like, or just like living your life distance. That's like getting up from your couch and going to the fridge like three times. That's how many total yards they got in an entire game. That's yeah. That's like, me, say, that's like me walking to the end of the hallway at, at my apartment. I, I mean, I feel like, I feel like we're just kind of, we're 47 yards is not a lot. I, I, it's not. I, I, I just got to say one thing before we move on, if we are going to move on. If you're if you're listening to this and you're a Bears fan attending the game. Oh, be ready to boo, baby. You need to give your biggest boo. I need I need to hear you at my house. and I'm not going to the game, so I need to be able to hear you. You need to let Nagy. There's Nagy. a guy already trying to organize. He's saying fire. Uh, he's organizing a fire Nagy chant. Like, yeah, give me a fire. Oh, the amount of fire thing. Nagy shirts I've seen online. By our followers is great. Oh, you got like when the team comes out, you you obviously you cheer for your team. Like it's not their fault their head coach is a fucking moron. But like it just if I don't know if Nagy comes out on his own or with the team, but like just make it when he's singled out somehow during the game, just, just like like boo him. Anytime he calls a timeout or something, just boo him. Just whatever you can do, boo that man into it like into the stratosphere. If like, they get down if they get down ten nothing, let's say in the first quarter, how bad do you think it gets? I hope just the worst I've ever seen it. How are we feeling? Because I'll be honest, Detroit has not looked that bad. No, they're they're bad. They almost beat the Ravens. And they almost came back and beat the Niners. They've had three weeks weeks of football. They've had a half of each one of their games. Second half, first week, first week, uh, first half, and then first half last week where they've been great at playing football. 
And golf does have our number. He's what? I think he's two and one or three and one against us. Bears, we're lucky if we have a quarter that we look good. Like we're we're the whole team's good. I don't think we have a wide receiver over a hundred yards. I think I saw a stat. Oh my with god, like, that's disgusting. <laughs> I saw a stat where that's ter- no, he's right. I think he might be right. <laughs> <laughs> Am what's, I what's right? Because I was closest? hold on, I'm going on ESPN right now. What's the closest to a hundred we got? Well, I I'm on. Allen Robinson has. There's no way he has like more than like sixty. Receiving yards. Okay, I'm sorry. Darnell Mooney has. Guess how many receiving yards he has right now? Just take one, a guess. One hundred and two. What, Kevin? You are one off. A hundred and one receiving yards for three weeks. What's the most receptions uh, one of our receiver has? Oh, like hold, eight, that's eight uh, in three weeks. The team full stats. Hold on. Montgomery only has two hundred three rushing yards. What? I mean, we're the we're the 32nd ranked offense because what we were 31st ranked offense going yeah. into the oh, Browns Kevin game. Fishbane, Kevin Fishbane, uh, released all the, um, uh, stats so far this year. We've given up the most sacks for yards. We are second for last in rushing yards, third down conversions, passing completions, passing yards, yards after catch. It's bad. Because we had what, what four takeaways in that Bengals game, and we were loving Darnell it. But, man, we could we couldn't do shit after those takeaways. Okay, so we have fifty receptions as a team. Okay, fifty receptions as a team in three weeks. That's horrendous. Here are the stats. Who have fifty? Who, here are the people who have 50, 50 receptions. I'll I'll name them off. Darnell Mooney has twelve for. 101 yards. Allen Robinson has 10 receptions for 86 yards. Those are our top two wide receivers. Cole Beasley had 11 catches in last week's game. Yeah, that's wow. Marquise Goodman, five catches, 55 yards. He's third place. Uh, Cole Komet has seven receptions for 53 yards. Good job, Cole. David Montgomery has six for 49. Damian Williams has six for 26. Demir Bird, I don't know who that is, uh, has three receptions for 19 yards. Really getting after it there, Bird. Jimmy Graham, who they brought back, has one reception for 11 yards. Love it. Those are our 50 completions we have for the team right now. Probably, other than maybe Robinson's touchdown, probably some of the most irrelevant completions in all of the NFL this year. Just I just want to like lose games like the other teams in the NFL lose games. You know, like twenty one to twenty four, you know? I don't 20, know because heartbreak twenty sucks. points. Heartbreak sucks too. But that least you can at least like think like think to yourself, okay, well it was close, like we had some things to build on. There's nothing to build on after last week. Nothing to that you can be like well, at least we hung our hat on this on offense. It's just, wow, we look like shit here. We look like shit here. We look like shit here. And we and also look like a huge literally, shit here. Literally, the only saving grace in the season is just start number one. For the love of God, like, do not sit him, at least for this Lions game. Do not sit him. Let him have the, the, the chance to get some touchdowns. But start number one. He's got to look flashy for the rest of the season because if he doesn't, we're not getting a good head coach. We're not getting a good head coach. There's nobody's going to want to be here. We need to, you know, like how there's always these 
head coach talks at the end of the season, well, oh, man, you know, I want to hear, oh, well, yeah, the Bears are a project, but at least they got their quarterback of the future that, that you could tie yourself to. We need that. Yeah, at the, if we're going on the route we're going, we're going to get, like, a second-chance head coach who, like, looked like crap in their first go, and they're like, oh, well, we'll give him a second chance, and then he ends up being But that's our whole well. team besides Nagy. I mean, our whole team. Laser, fired. Uh, we have all these guys that have been fired from their team, from their teams, and then we hire them. Why? Well, I guess before before I move <laughs> yeah, on, because because <laughs> we got some uh, there's a positive. We're gonna get to Jackson's bar bar review of a DC bar in just a moment, but I want to leave us leave our Bears this depression with this stat. I guess after last week last week's game. Matt Nagy has a full season's worth of scoreless quarters under his belt. So in his four seasons, he has an entire season's worth of scoreless quarters. And we're talking about 16-game season, 17-game season? I'm, I'm assuming it's a 16-game season. Well, but, I'll, t- I'll tell you, he's going to get that 17-game season. Yeah, the rate that they're going at, Jesus. That's amazing. That's like a stat when you read, you don't. You yeah, have to like reread it twice before like a grammar mistake. And then and that's just, like, where I'm go just back like, on it though, and you're like, oh shit, that's right. And that's where it's just like if we could I mean, somehow think how many games they've had where they've only scored like 13 or 14 points. It's just that's where it can't be, Jackson. Like if he somehow like pulls it, if this talent on this team pulls it out of their ass or some shit, we win 10 games, which it's not going to happen. But if we did and got to the playoffs this year, he still can't be the head coach. Like he can't. Yeah, it's like an opposite of like Lovey Smith, and I know Lovey was divisive at the end of his tenure, but you know, you know, look in hindsight now, did Lovey deserve to get fired after 2012 when they went 10 and six? I don't know. No, Probably, because no, that's what ended up but, losing the locker room for Trustman because all the D guys in the defense didn't want to play anymore. Right, right. But like at the same time, Lovey did blow a huge lead in the wild card standing. So like it goes both ways, but like what are the intangibles like that that keep a team together? And you know, you look at that Green Bay game in 2013, like does Lovey's team get that sloppy at the end of the fourth quarter? Probably not. You know, um you know, I, I get tired of hearing the cliche thing, as like Kevin pointed out earlier, is like, oh, Nagy can is able to hold the locker room. Like, how long can that last? It's how just going to be a matter of weeks. It's not going to. It's no. Smith, it's not going to last. 12 tackles a game. You're like, I'm exhausted. I played 78 plays. I'm tired. These players are going to hear booze like they've never heard because they didn't get to hear them last year. They're going to hear absolutely terrible booze next week. So if if the NFL came out and like had some sort of some sort of hookup, kind of like the NBA did, where like you can like pay five dollars to like have the audio from your from you talking to your TV be heard oh. at the stadium. Oh, my God. that There's some money in there. I would I would pay five dollars to boo Matt Nagy next week. Absolutely. My TV. Get the boo meter on like on the big screen. All right, well, even, Jackson, did you? Even if they to... scored a touchdown, boo! Oh, 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 boo everything! Boo, <laughs> boo, boo the field goals, boo hey, the cheerleaders. I mean, we had oh, wait, the, we have had those. That, we had the segment on that what three weeks ago. What's your favorite boo? This might be in the. This might make an honorable mention. If not one, in our top two three. Got, yeah, they got Nagy fire. That'd be my number one boo. You couldn't replace it. But who would like? Let's. We talked about Nagy getting fired a couple times. Who would replace him? Would be Bill Lazor. Anyone's better. 
anyone's better than him. Um, Bill Lazor. Yeah, no, Bill Lazor would call the plays. And then you have Mike Patine on the roster, who's the defensive specialist, who's been a head coach before. Let him just be a head coach. It doesn't even matter at that point because anyone who knows that they're going to be the head coach. You know, I think personally what they should do is do a score contest, a 670 score contest, and have a bunch of people call in. If you're the 21st caller, you could be the head coach for that week. (laughs) All right, yeah, we got Tony, we got Tony from better. Evergreen Park to this week. You're coaching against the Niners. How do you feel? <laughs> oh, I just be like, oh yeah. Here's uh, here's today. Here's uh, week five. Gene and Jude's Bears head coach. <laughs> oh yeah. Here's David from DeKalb. Get your ass out there against the Raiders. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That screenplay was brought to you by Tide. We we just I think that's what they do every week. You just have a fan call in if there are if they're in that top whatever call list or if they win some stupid gimmick, they could be the coach for the week. I think that they because this has already been happening in that league that Johnny Menzel's in. They need to have like four play options on the board and then you text in and vote for that play <laughs> and whatever gets the highest point. That's what they call. I just voted. It can't be worse than 47 yards. I just vote in Hail Mary every single time. Every single time. Hail Mary. Uh, All right. Well, we're we're currently at 52 minutes of just Bears depression. So, Jackson, did you at least enjoy the the place you were at? Yes. How could Uh, you? How could you enjoy it? I would never go back there again. DC Bar Review. This is our third one. Third one? Number three, I believe. Um, Union Pub. So it is close to the Capitol Hill neighborhood. It's uh, I've never been really in this neighborhood yet. Um, it's kind of cool taking the Uber there, and you're like, holy shit, that's the Capitol, like on the back side of it. It is a cool area. Uh, yeah, and that's like about two miles away from my apartment, uh, a little south of me. Um, my Uber driver though, like ran like three red lights though. Right. So Good man. Kind of interesting. I was like. My girlfriend didn't notice it. I did. Um, I was like, holy shit, what is this guy doing? But whatever. We got there in time. Um, I like the bar. Um, food was really good. I had the buffalo chicken wrap. I'm a big solid wrap choice. guy. I'm a big a wrap guy. Choice. However, I'm only giving this three and a half capitals. It's not as good as Franklin Hall, and it's not as good as Comey I or uh, the other one I went to, Comey, whatever. But um, three and a half. I like the atmosphere with Bear fans. They're rowdy. They're loud. The TV situation at Union Pub, not good. Too small, not enough. Not enough. Too small on the patio, which me and my friends were at. Um, their beer dealer, their beer deals was good. There was buckets from Modelo. Um, but the TVs were not synced. They had a, whatchamacallit, a, like a screen that you pull down where you can have it on, on, and that was off. Um, atmosphere is great. It's a great time. TV kind of killed it. Three and a half capitals. You, you right mentioned now, Right now, Franklin Hall is the best place to go watch a game. You, you mentioned, even though, uh, even though there's not many bear fans there. Did did they win that week that you win? I can't remember. No, that was week one. I went for the early weeks. 
uh, week two, I was not really able to watch the game. Oh, that's right. You were driving the, you're back right. from Ohio. I did stop at the Southeast Ohio Buffalo Wild Wings right at the border of Ohio and uh, West Virginia. Now, I'll tell you what. Creatures in that area. Yeah, Ohio is weird. A lot of a lot of Pittsburgh fans, a lot of Brown fans. They had to be separated. I was watching the game on like a far end part of the area. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know how you even gave it a good rating. I wouldn't go back. Uh, I watched the game in my room this week. I'll be watching it outside on Sunday. <laughs> There's I mean, here's the, it was super nice. It was super nice in D.C. on Sunday, and they had a nice patio with a nice breeze. It's it's hard to beat. Couldn't couldn't make the experience more better than for me. It was a giant turd. <laughs> you could have been in a penthouse in uh, L.A. You know, if, or if you just and you if you and Jenny decide to come and visit, we'll go to Franklin Hall because it's only like a five minute walk from my place. There is a Chicago Bears bar in Phoenix that I will never go back to, and it's it's an awesome place, but. Double doink. I watched the double doink there. I'll never go back. Ever. Don't blame you. The one big Chicago Bears bar. Everyone said, oh, you're a Bears fan? Do you ever go to the Half Moon? I'll never go. I'll never go there. Again. So, so Jack, you, I was going to say, Jack, you mentioned that your Uber driver ran red lights. A couple, I have, couple of them. I had a couple of red lights. So I had an Uber driver once who we were on uh, a tollway and... <laughs> Our guy had an eye pass, but he actually was in the in the wrong lane to go through the the money, oh, the, no. the coin thing, and he actually on the highway backed up to go back onto the expressway to go through the eye pass lane, like, and he drove like probably 200, 300 feet in reverse on the expressway in order to do that, and that's uh, a far yeah. drive. Yeah, backwards on an expressway, so that was pretty uh, fucked up. But yeah, but were you I with Kate? Were you with your wife when you did that? Oh yeah, absolutely. We called and we got our money back let's just say that from uh i think it was i think it was lyft that's that's fucked up but yeah your uber driver was just trying to get you there on time our guy was just trying to save a few bucks i had an uber driver like labor day weekend and he picked me up because i did a brunch special with some friends this guy almost hit like three people Something, like in DC, in DC streets, when you get to the older part of the town, like the Georgetown part area, like the streets are pretty condensed. Like one, because they're they're very close together, and you have cars on both sides, and you know people are always on the streets. This guy almost hit like three bikers, and I'm like, no, don't get me wrong, bikers can be a pain in the ass, and they're assholes, but I'm not gonna hit them. I think <laughs> this guy was trying to hit them. I, I think legit he was trying to hit them. I'm like on the oh shit bar, like Jesus Christ, here we go. Dang, got some reckless Uber drivers there. That, oh, DC, DC wreck. Here's the thing. I will say this: driving in the Virginia, Maryland, DC area, DC drivers aren't the worst. Maryland drivers are the worst drivers I have ever seen in my life. Doesn't matter if you're closer to the DMV area. Or if you're out in the country part of Maryland, they are the worst drivers I've ever dealt with. They don't believe in merging. They don't believe in allowing you in. They speed through construction zones. They will like honk at you if they think that you're being an asshole when they're causing up like problems. There's like a Twitter uh, page 
dedicated to the amount of Maryland drivers who've caused accidents in Washington, D.C. They're all hopped up on Blue Crab, that's why. I will say this, Blue Crab's great. Blue Crab is great. There's some weird Uber drivers, man. We'll have to do a ranking of weird uh, Uber drivers. I got a couple in my mind. All right, what do you say? Are we ready to move on to our picks of the week? Yeah, I say so. Let's end this thing. All righty, who would like to go first? Oh, I was just for the okay. Gotcha. I I I, I got thought rankings for a second. Right. Yeah, go with picks. This could yeah. be easy. I think I'm going to take the Chiefs. They are favored in this game by minus seven. I think they blow them out. I they're going against the Eagles. Listen, the Chiefs are underperforming. Patrick Holmes is going to get his team together and be like, listen, motherfuckers, I need you to start scoring some points. I can't keep doing this all. Tyreek Hill is going to go off. I, I I got Tyreek in our fantasy draft or our fantasy league that we're all in together. It's all about Flash Gordon now, baby. <laughs> they got Flash Gordon. You know, he's probably not going to play for a week or two, but he's got a detox. I think the Chiefs are going to go off on the Eagles. They're going to get back on it. I'm taking the Chiefs 100% to cover and more. Like, they're just going to like destroy the Eagles. There you go. Do you got a silly reason why they're going to win, or you just think it's going to be a, a... You know, I think he's... You know, Patrick Mahomes is going to call like Tyree Kill and be like, listen, Jackson has you. He was your first-round pick. You need to start scoring more than eight points a week. Because oh. I have been projected to win the past two weeks in fantasy, and I've gotten my ass kicked. Okay? I was one of so, those. You were one of those, and I was projected to beat you all week until that Sunday where you decided to beat me by 25 points, and it was awful. So I like to think that all, all my fantasy players think that as well. Like, oh, man, Kevin's, play, I've got, Kevin's uh, playing so-and-so this week. I better Well, mine didn't out. get the email. Mine did not get the email on that. So, All right, Tim, who you got in your pick of the week? Um, I'm going to say I just... You know, I'm after what we saw last Sunday. I think that you just got to go with the easy one. The Arizona Cardinals are playing really well, but their kryptonite is the Rams and the Rams uh, minus four and a half. I know they're the best team in the NFL, but Cardinals uh, Cliff Kingsbury does not know how to beat them. So I think that's I think that's a lock. I think you put big money on that. Go ahead. All right, what do we got? So for my my pick, I have the. Uh, Vikings beating the Browns. The Browns are favored by, by two points last time I checked. Um, I think the Vikings have a lot of talent. Um, Kirk Cousins not playing in a primetime game, which is always bodes well for them. Uh, he's actually played really well the last three weeks. He's averaging a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. Still great receivers with Jefferson and uh, Thielen. I don't know if Cook will be back, but Madison clearly does can do the job um, when he's out. Their defense, they got a lot of studs on defense. I think they just underperformed. And I think Cleveland, um, you know, with uh, Landry being out and Odell coming back from injury, that they might underperform as well. They still obviously have studs with Chubb and Hunt. Um, but I also think that my kind of dumb reason, I, my outlandish reason that the Vikings are going to win is because Cleveland just played the worst team of all time. And they just had the practice pretty much on the JV team. So they're going to underperform. They're going to take the Vikings too easily because they're used to playing some uh, JV opponents in the Chicago Bears. There you go. All right. I think Jackson's muted. 
Might be. Oh. Or his things or his or his uh, headphones are unplugged. I don't know. Let's. Uh, <laughs> it's time to get to our power rankings. Well, before we get to that, I, we have some bear news. Actually. Oh, some bear news. Bear news. Well, and this was by bear news, huh? So, <laughs> our bear news is that bears have started to show up to pick up soccer games. There is a BBC news article that we'll put on Twitter in Asia, and specifically in India, where there's some kids playing a game of pickup soccer, and a bear comes on over, takes the ball away from him, and not only does he kick it around a little bit, but he absolutely just takes it back into the forest with him. And I think it was just absolutely hilarious. But they're taking over. I mean, we've we predicted it in what our early on podcast that the bears are going to take over they're taking over the olympics now they're taking over team sports rec leagues are going to as sooner it's you know who cares that messi's on a new team who cares that ronaldo's on man U? when you got a grizzly bear playing for whoever it may be it might be you know arsenal or man city or whoever that's when you really got to open your eyes and say better watch out for those bears superior athletics and they're taking over it they're just built differently I think Jack is still. I love still watching that he's just talking. Over you can't, you can't hear. Oh. Uh, well, Tim, what do you say? Let's. Well, we got some power rankings that we can absolutely do. Absolutely, they got yeah. some power rankings. I mean, if Jackson joins in, that's great. Is he just frantically looking around and? Oh, I heard. I heard some. Oh, he's, he's switching. He's switching. I can. He's going to the blue headphones. At Please don't tell podcast, me it's the laptop microphone. Please. At this point in the podcast, you might want to turn down their volume if we're going to the blue headphones. I assure you he has a full-time job. He's just a cheapskate. I'm just telling you. I think you can hear Jack. Go ahead and say something, Jack. Hello. Okay, we're good. Your eardrums are probably blown out. Oh, but, uh, man. Nice little laptop audio. Sweet. <laughs> Mark that down at uh, about... One hour and five minutes in the podcast, you might need to make a, an ear doctor appointment after that. Anyway, so you got some power. Oh, oh God. Oh, no. Careful. <laughs> Messing with the headphone jack. We got feedback going in. I can hear myself talking. All right. Well, Kev introduced. Is that on? Is it on? Oh, we're, we're back. We're back. Okay. All right. There we go. So our power rankings, um, it was supposed to be for last week, but we, we moved it, obviously, to this one. Um, it's just favorite plays or moments or part of a football game that, that occur. So, for example, it would be like a big kickoff return or a strip sack fumble. So it could be anything. It doesn't have to be a play. Just anything that goes on in a football game. What are your top three favorite things? I'll go first. Um, my, my number three is I love a good corner cornerback blitz sack whenever Ooh, you see that okay. it's you know they're usually not humongous hits uh like physically because they're smaller guys but usually they're you know blindside sacks but just something about seeing a cornerback come off the end you know when the, the quarterback thinks they're gonna be dropping into coverage and getting the sack love to see it especially obviously if it's like charles tillman or any any of a bears player it's amplified um but cornerback blitz sack love it That's a good one. Yeah, I. It's it's a sneaky play, and 
For some reason, I always think like Mike like, Brown. I mean, he was a safety, but he was very good at it. I, I, for some reason, I'm thinking like just Ravens, the team of the Ravens. For some reason, like just automatically in my brain. But yeah, just yeah. any any team that runs that and get the sack, it can it can completely fuck all, fuck you over if you know the quarterback reads it and you have a wide open receiver. But when it does work, it's sexy. There you go. All right, Tim, what do you got for your number three? Uh, I'm going to go with a kicker slash punter trying to tackle. Ooh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, the lay down tackle, or even better yet, a kicker punter laying somebody the fuck out. Like, Ooh, Pat, like Pat McAfee? McAfee. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He's got like five or six of those bad boys. But, you know, that most of the time it's just the fall down. Hopefully they grab their leg kind of thing. Love it. Love seeing it. Love when you know that the last person in defense is that kicker. Love it. Can't can't tell you how happy that makes me feel. That's, yeah. it's, it's a very awkward thing to watch. Um, I'm going to go different from a play. I'm going to go crowd at crowd atmosphere so at completely just going against the entirety of the ranking no i thought it was just like what you <laughs> no i thought I, you're, I, you're good jack you're i good. thought I'm what joking. you said what you like in a football game yeah you're good i did i did say that so you're good yeah For my next one you. i'm not really going to talk about a football game no i like i like the crowd atmosphere at a game and i i we didn't we weren't able to talk about this last week but I'm sorry, but the Penn State whiteout, that's fucking awesome. Like, give me an environment. Hell like, yeah, Penn State. There we go. Trap, there, baby. Game, trap game this week. I'm calling it. I'm a little nervous about it. We're going to win by 30. I Don't say that. I hate that. I wish. But give me that crowd atmosphere where they are rowdy, they are psyched up, whether it's college, NFL, like, you know, if you're a visiting player, like, you're going to walk out of here and be like, holy shit, that place was rocking today. Like, I, I would love to be a Bears fan and go to Seattle and just hear how loud that place is. Right. Because I feel like Seattle is like the closest to a college atmosphere. Right. Just how loud it gets. Um, Like, I want to feel that. And I think when like the the times I have been in bear games where it has been like deafening loud, it, it's an awesome feeling. I'm with you. That's definitely. I wish there was kind of more of that in the NFL, but I I guess I get it. It's nice that it's kind of like college football's thing, having like a whiteout or whatever it may be. Um, my number two is I fucking love a good scripted, planned out celebration, whether it's with a team, whether it's solo. Ooh. I love the Joe Horn cell phone. I love the Michael Thomas recreating the cell phone thing. Um, I, anything that's scripted. When, when the defense gets an interception or something and they do like a choreographed dance, love that. Not a fan of them just running to the camera. I think that's kind of lazy. But anything that's scripted where it's clearly planned out either weeks, months in advance, love to see it. So when T.O. was going on a, a rampage with the popcorn and the Sharpie, Love it. I'm here for it. There needs to be more of it. And I hate when, you know, you got the meatheads to just shut up and give the ref the football. I mean, I get it. If you're down by like 30 points, then don't do that. But like, if you're if it's in a big spot or you're up, go ahead and celebrate it. Love it. Need to see more of it. Chad Johnson, come back. You need to be a choreograph, uh, choreographer for the new wide receivers out there. What was, okay. the, what was the old Rams, like, celebration? Do you remember, like, the Bob and Weave where they used to spin the ball and they used to, like, 
Oh, like, like they were shadow boxing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Terrell like Owens was... with the with the Cowboys doing it on the star. Love it. Needed more of it. I like it. All right, for me, number two, I'm gonna go with a snap that is so bad it goes over <laughs> the quarterback's head. Oh, when geez. a snap goes over a quarterback's head, and now he has to turn his body around towards the other end of the field and has to then figure out what the hell is going to happen. A lot it's of times, chaos. You see, a lot of times you'll see a guy pick that up and try to throw it, and you never know, or he's going to get killed, or you know, it's just it. You gotta love it. That split second when that's happening, you're if you're on defense, your team's on defense. You're yelling ball. If you're on offense, you're saying in your collective mind, "Oh boy, here we go." Ball on it. Absolutely, <laughs> it is. You're in for a good time. You're in for an entertaining ten seconds after that. So, right, and you already know that Chris Barman has something queued up like a whoop or a yeah, some oh, yeah. sort of sound effect for that highlight. Yeah, the, the Zoeberg sound that he does. Absolutely. Whoop, 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 whoop. All right, Jack, number two. Oh, number two. Um, give me a fat man touchdown. Oh, that was my number one. That was give my number a, one as well, so let's talk about it. Give me a fat man touchdown, whether it's an tackle eligible or an awkward fumble recovery where the fat man's on it or our favorite. How did I end up with this interception? I'm going to run, and it's going to look awkward as I get into the end, end zone. Fat man touchdown is usually fouled by the fat man spike and everyone jumping on the fat man and the crowd. Like you want to pump up the crowd to get it to like a Penn state whiteout level. Give me a fat man touchdown. Absolutely. I I think if I had to like break it down even further to like a fat man touching the football or trying to like being put in a skill position type role is I love a good, like a fat man on like, uh, on like a special teams, like not expecting to uh, a squib kick and they accidentally scoop it up and they have to run. Green Bay off. had that's, that about 10 years ago. Yep, yeah. That's probably my favorite. He like, almost I'm returned that for a touchdown. To, I'm not supposed to have the ball, but I'm going to, I'm going to run as far and as fast as I can. And it's whenever they hold the ball, like they're tucking it, it never looks right because they're so fat and bulbousy. It just kind of looks like they're like cradling it. There under are their, two like, plays. Pads. There, there's that play, the Green Bay against New England, right? Where he got down to like the 15 yard line. And then I think of Keith trailer tractor where he accidentally picked off Mark Brunel and the entire time he was trying to pitch it back. And the bears were like, no, 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 keep going, keep going. And he got it down like the 10 yard line, but and he was, and he was on the oxygen tank. They're all on the oxygen tank afterwards. Oh, especially now, Do you consider, I'll ask you this question. Both of you, do you consider Mike Vrabel's tackle eligible fat man touchdowns? Cause I don't know because he was a good outside linebacker. No, nope, you got to play line and only line. Does J.J. Watt's touchdowns count as a fat man touchdown? No. Yeah, he's a D lineman with a six pack. That offensive that lineman count. or defensive tackle. No, but ends, they gotta be fat. They gotta be fat. Well, if it's a fat end, I'm okay with it. But they can't look like J.J. Watt. Tim, what are your thoughts? The fatter, the better. Fatter, the better. I like. I want the moose. Falling on for like Bradley Bradley Soul catching that touchdown pass in 2018. Perfect fat man touchdown. Perfect. All right, so that was mine and Tim's number one, Jack. So I guess go take it home with your number one. My number one, I think, is the most underrated sequence in football. 
but give me a defensive goal line stand. Talk about that can change the momentum of a game. Like it's like the true testament of like how good your team is, how good like like football is always about like rising up and like fighting through perseverance. Give me a defensive goal line stand. I'm sure if you ask a lot of people, they like give me like the personification of like a football game, like what football means. That it's probably what a lot of people would say. Yeah, I I actually have a number one now that my number one was taken. I don't get oh, to see shoot. it a lot. I don't I don't get to see it a lot, but a Bears first down. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. How about a Bears uh, third quarter touchdown too? <laughs> how about scoring in all four quarters? Uh, well, let's not set our bar too high. Oh my God. And a Bears first down. <laughs> my buddy did that this week. At the bar, he did. And a bear is first down. He did it one time because we didn't have that many. Hey guys, let's get let's uh, do a drinking game. Every bear's first down. Let's take a shot. You're you're waiting two and a half hours for that. <laughs> so worst drive home ever. Yeah. Well, I guess let's let's end this doom and gloom podcast. And uh, you know, this is the Team Bear Sports Podcast. You can find us on any of your podcasting platforms. And let's just hope that Visor Man is out after this Lions game. Win or lose. Hope preferably out after a win, but let's get Visor Man out of here. Get him out. I yeah, I, I don't know what to do on Sunday. But bear down. Bear down, Visor Man out. Heck yeah. Later. Go Bears. Duh Bears. Duh Bears. Fuck Maggie. Thank you, thank you, and go Bears!